Oh, wow. <laughs> My name is Peter Quill, and we're here to talk about the Joker. It was a, a very enjoyable film. I didn't know, under, uh, excuse me, I have a cat in my throat. <laughs> My name is Nick. What's up? This is Sonny, y'all. And I'm Quinn. And today we are going to be talking about the Joker, and we're going to be going into an in-depth review. And before we get into that, don't forget to follow us on social media, on Facebook, and then also on Twitter as well. Our Twitter handle is something I forget right now. It is at comics collect that's uh cti3 go ahead follow us and don't forget to share and like our podcast yeah like it or you might get off our meds and come pay you a visit (laughs) all right uh let's go ahead and hop right into it uh so on Rotten Tomatoes, the Joker has a 69% on the tomatometer, and then the audience score is a 91%. Uh, yeah. What do you guys think about that? Uh, hashtag fuck Rotten Tomatoes. They all a bunch of fucking bitches. Uh, Agreed. But yeah, the, the, I mean, the, the audience knows what they want and know what they know what they like. Um, I can't. You can't go by fucking bitch ass reviewers who. Try to make to try to make excuses for movies on how people are in the world when this movie is nothing about that, you know. In my opinion, anyway. But you know they do this a lot with films, and it, it, when you read the when you read the um, re- the reviews, it's like it's like petty shit. You know what I mean when they when they put stuff down. Yeah, but, you, you ready? Bleak and juvenile. Joker right. is a movie that you should ignore. Like what the. F- like your job is not to make people be like, oh, let's not go through this. Like that's that's not what you supposed you supposed to give you supposed to go in with an open mind. If you go in with already preconceived notions of something, then you want to give it a shitty fucking score. Like I've went to see I've I've seen movies that were like garbage ass movies, but I picked something out that I like. And I talked about it. I said, hey, you guys wouldn't like this movie, but you know, it's it has some bright spots to it, blah, 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 blah. But no, they just go in and they punch down on every fucking thing. Yeah, um, my thing is my favorite one of the bad reviews is Joker is a bad movie. Yes, it's predictable, cliched, deeply derivative of other better movies and overwritten to the point of self-parody. None of that I feel is true. None of that movie was predictable. None of it was cliche. Like, come on. Yeah, I definitely a certain part of the movies. Not movies, excuse me. Certain part of the movie I definitely didn't uh, see coming at all because we went by the rumors of the film and we thought something was going to be true, but then we found out if we watched it, it really wasn't true. And I'm I'm happy that they didn't go that route with the movie. But other than that, the movie was good. Yeah, by the way, you can say what it is, Sonny. This is an in-depth review. So if you haven't seen Joker, obviously don't listen to the podcast. Go see it. Come back. Listen, because we're going to be talking about spoilers. We're going to be talking about the entire movie in general. 
All right, so the original review, like not review, but the spoilers early on were that um that Bruce Wayne, because Bruce Wayne's in the movie, that Bruce Wayne and the Joker would be related. So it 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 kind of got me because I was like, ah, oh, that's that was one of my main gripes. I think I talked to Quinn about it. I was like, that's stupid. That shouldn't be that way. Um, but then you know, something happens in the movie where um the mother, you find out that his mother's fucking insane too. And she lied about everything. Everything was a lie. So, you know, he doesn't, he going by this name, Arthur Fleck. That's another thing I was worried about too, him having a name. But he doesn't even know his fucking name because it's sealed. So he can't get Yeah. I'm glad that, that they went back to that and, uh, you know, kind of just essentially now, like you said, he doesn't have a name. Yeah. I, personally, I would rather, I, I enjoy the. F- the movie was so good that I I would hope that they carry that shit over to the comic books. That and that's my think, that's my personal thing. I think it would be really good for uh, DC Black Label. I think that would be a really good thing for people that don't know what DC Black Label is. It's uh, DC's mature line of books, and they have been doing uh, a Harley Quinn book recently, and they're moving on to a couple of Joker books very soon. Uh, so I could see this potentially going and being a part of that. Sure. Yeah, I'd rather have it in the real books too, and then have be one of the jokers that, again, is another black label book, which was supposed to be in continuity with the three jokers for another story for another day. But mm-hmm. um, he could have been one of the three jokers that they was alluded to in one of the uh, the Justice League stories of, with the Dark Gods, it was called? Uh, it was the Justice League Dark Side War. Justice League. They got um, uh, Godhood, essentially. All the Justice League members that got gotten Godhood. And Batman sat in the Mobius chair. He asked, um, what's the Joker's real name? And the Mobius chair answered him because the, the Mobius chair is like the, the end-all, be-all of the Godhood thing. And Batman sat in it he asked who the Joker was and the, the chair told him it was three people. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't mind one of the Jokers being this guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think just even the fact that, um, you know, his mother being insane in the end, like I didn't see that coming. Like I thought she was completely normal and all of that. And then it just did a complete 180 and was just like, yeah, she's fucking crazy. Yeah, I, right. I thought that he was mostly he. Sorry, he as an Arthur was taking care of his mother because of old age, and she was taking care of him because of his mental illness. I never once like got you know the fact that maybe she was in this crappy apartment that they're in is because you know she is herself a former Arkham inmate, which I thought was a really cool twist on things. Yeah, and that was didn't see that coming. So fuck you, reviewer, who said it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, shit. <laughs> what was what was your guys' favorite part of the movie? Hmm, I'll let you go first, Sonny. Okay, uh, my favorite part of the movie was when he finally fucking just let go. You know, he tried to be he tried to be the person that everybody else wanted him to be, and and that and that's that says a lot about the movie. I was explain, I was telling Court about it, explaining it to him. Like I understand that because 
my self have I have issues myself, and I go to therapy, and I you know I see I struggle with a lot of shit. You know what I mean? I have I have temper issues. You know, uh, if I don't go talk to my therapist, I just I take it out on everybody, and, and y'all probably already know that too. You too, mm-hmm. but you know, um, but sometimes you just gotta let it go. Shit, you gotta be you gotta be who you are. You know, even though if people don't like you, you know, you just you just can't give a shit. You know, I'm not I'm not saying go out and fucking murder people and shit. What I'm saying is just be yourself. You know, if people if people treat you fucked up, you just say, you know what, fuck you. You know, that's and that, that's essentially what he did. But he he took he went to an extreme with it. But you know, that that was pretty much my favorite part. He was just like he was happy. He was just like you know I'm just I'm doing me now at this point. Right. It, that's that, that's what that's what I took from that movie, and that was one of my favorite scenes when he just let go. Right, uh, I definitely have to say that my favorite scene was where he uh, those two guys came over, his former coworkers came over, and uh, you know they had the bottle of alcohol and they were talking about how his mother's dead and they want to do a pol- or uh, the whole thing happened and they wanted to apologize and all that. And then he finally just just kills that one guy, stabs him in the neck, and then the uh, what's the best way to say this? The short person um, could not <laughs> get out of his uh, apartment because he couldn't reach the top lock where he had it locked. That was my absolute favorite scene. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think uh, that is also my favorite scene. Uh, my second favorite scene. It's funny that I feel like all of the murdering was definitely our favorite scenes. Um, I think absolutely. I think uh, one of my my second favorite scenes was uh, the aftermath of Arthur Fleck going into Arkham Hospital to get records from his mom, and uh, once he had stolen those records from the clerk at the counter. And he um, he starts reading the file and reading that, like, in fact, he was adopted. She was an Arkham inmate, you know. Uh, you know, he was taken away from her uh, for a bit because of the, the abuse. And just seeing that, perf- I mean, it was just a subtle performance, but you could see everything kind of break down just based off of his facial features. And Joaquin Phoenix is just such a really good character actor. And he really drove those emotions home, whether it be from extreme sad to, you know, to those laughing moments where it almost felt you uncomfortable. You know, um, I feel like he's, he's really, really good at that. But that moment really got to me like as an aha moment, just like he was just now figuring out, you know, pretty much like uh, I, I would assume is suppressed memories if he didn't remember being uh, abused as a child, or maybe that's just something he'd, he'd try his best to forget. Um, right. But you kind of, that's what I really like about this er- interpretation of the Joker, um, which is still a weird thing to think about. It's a Joker movie. Um, but but I, re- yeah. I really like the fact that this movie shows that this interpretation of the Joker was a product of his surroundings more so than an accident like in the killing joke where it's like he was just a reluctant dad who was you know, just trying to provide for his family and it you know, just happens to fall into a 
you know, vat of, uh, you know, unknown liquid and becomes the Joker. This one really shows that this Joker is um, not a product of anything else, but, you know, his, his own surroundings and how he, Which, and I, how he was treated and some of his mental illness. And it, it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Which I think is absolutely probably, you know, obviously this doesn't have to be the definitive origin of the Joker because no one really necessarily wants a definitive origin. But I think that this kind of origin is probably the best thing for the Joker because, you know, you have all your other villains, Bane and all them who get their powers from you know, some chemicals or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. but the Joker's always been the most human out of all of them for the most part, you know? Uh, I think the only person I think would also work in this kind of character study, uh, and I think Sonny would agree with me, um, I really think that a low budget, like about the around the same budget as the Joker, doing a Bane origin story would be really interesting because let's just take out the venom that he pumps into his body for a second. I mean, he was a product of his surroundings too, being born into this prison. Um, I think, what was it, uh, Sonny? It was his his mother was in... Father. Oh, his father was in the prison, and he ends up being born into it. Yeah, I think, if I remember, I think the the father... Well, then how does he... Got somebody pregnant. Maybe it was the mother, hold on. Give me a second. Go ahead, keep talking. Of course, but yeah, I, I think it's a really good uh, story again about how like someone was basically beaten into this rock hard person that he is. I mean, he only really saw the outside world after he had become a man, and then of course that's going to jade a person. When you know, like, imagine living your life in the prison system, and not only just a prison system like one in the United States where there's some kind of law and order. Uh, the Santa Prison, right. prison that he was in was like literally hell on earth, where the prisoners yeah. ra- ran this facility. Yeah, they so, just dropped the prisoners off, and the right. guy it was it was his father. His father was there. Okay, uh, he he was with his dad. They never talked about his mom. His father okay. was King Snake, another okay. Batman villain. Okay, yeah, I, I just think that would be a really cool. Uh, character analysis to do it because uh, Tom King is really um, Tom King, right? He's the one that's do- doing Batman right yes. now, right? Yeah, Tom King has yes. really been um, diving into Bane and I, that very first story arc that he has with with Bane uh, just shows how much of a misunderstood character he is. Um. Excuse my cat for anybody that just heard that. <laughs> but uh, did you yeah. step on it? <laughs> <laughs> no, of course I've been gone all day, and now she wants to annoy me. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I going back, going back to the Joker. Um, I, I really think it's really interesting. Um, one of the I, I would like to hear if anybody has anything that they didn't like about the film, because uh, when I had to sit back and look at it. I, I really wish they did not show um, that iconic scene of, uh, you know, the Waynes dying. Um, I felt like it kind of took me out of it. I was so in that world and just kind of happy with what I was seeing with just Arthur 
Um, right. It was kind of weird for at the very end for them to kind of try to tie it into anything else, even just loosely, just to say, oh, you know, because of this riot, the Waynes died. Um, I, I don't need to be shown that. I don't think it hurts the movie in any respect. I just don't know if I if I had the choice if someone was like, hey, I want you to like edit this movie. I think I would just take that little tiny piece out. Um, I, I think the Waynes being involved in it was their, you know, their, their purpose for being in the movie was already enough for me. I don't know if I needed to see their death and tie that into, you know, the, the overarching story that was being told. Um, I don't know. How do you think about it? I mean, I, I was sorry, Sonny. Um, I was, uh, thinking about this as I saw it and I was just like, I was thinking the same way you were when I first saw it happen. Mm -hmm. But then the more I, uh, marinated with it, the more I thought, you know, we're not seeing, you know, uncle Ben die again and again and again, you know, it's not something that we've seen so many times in the movies. So I feel like it wasn't too much. But I mean, I feel like I also would have been happy if they went into the alley, heard a gunshot, heard screaming, and that was it. We didn't maybe have to see it, but mm -hmm. I feel like tying it into the movie in particular was definitely still a good thing because, yeah, standalone Joker movie about the Joker, but mm -hmm. without, the, without Batman – there's no Joker without Joker. There's no Batman, you know? Well, so, I mean, yes and no with this, with this particular movie, I think it can be argued that because it's a standalone thing, I don't think it needed to be really tied to anything because of the story it was serving. It had a beginning, a middle and an end. And we could have been happy with that. You know what I mean? I didn't, I wasn't really going into right. this movie thinking like, I actually kind of already wrote it off because of all of the things we had heard about the movie before it came out. I already had, like, wrote it off, like, okay, there's no ties to anything. This isn't the Joker that I'm, you know, used to be seeing. Like, let me appreciate this film for what it is. And there was more threads to the larger DC universe that I think that they didn't really need to show the murder other than to close that chapter on the wings. Right. Mm. Uh, what do you think, Sonny? Um, I, I, pretty, I enjoyed this scene because, you know, anything this see Batman become Batman, I'm down for. I mean, I've seen it a bunch of yeah. times. Uh, I've seen it in TV. I've seen it in cartoons. I've seen it in different movies, animated movies. Um, I, I even I can deal with Uncle Ben dying over and over again, and you know just certain things that's just iconic that you can just be like, "Damn, that's a cool moment." Or you can see how they how they change things, you know, differently. Yeah. Um, because it all it all tied into the rich thing because the rich were holding the poor people down. The Waynes right. went and did what they had to do, and it was just like, "Hey, you get what you deserve, you rich prick. You ain't helping nobody." Bow, bow. Here's you here's know? here's how I felt about it. And and maybe once I explain this to you guys, maybe you'll understand the 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 train of thought I'm going with it. So because I see the Waynes die, like you said, that automatically says Batman origin. And then we know that let's just say that there's a Batman later down the line in this continuity, if you want to call it that, of film. 
So that would place the Joker at like what sixties by the time Batman comes around. Because I'm assuming Arthur Fleck is like in his thirties at least. <laughs> uh, and so that's that's where I was like having problems with it. I was then sitting there trying to like connect the dots. Like he's supposed to be his greatest villain. I really don't like that. Like Batman can get older, but for me, Joker is timeless. You know what I mean? Um, so so then yeah, I was but, like, eh, I don't know if I like that now in the movie. <laughs> I mean, there's so many directions that they could take that. Sure, but you know, and, and then I can also go him. down the conspiracy theory route of it that that whole scene didn't even happen. And Sonny and I had to, a- Sonny and I had talked about that because the film shows you that the narrator's unreliable because there's that that scene, you know, all these scenes where he's with his girlfriend that we find out isn't even his girlfriend nor even knows his name other than he's that guy down the hall who's now in her apartment. So we already know right. that our narrator's unreliable. So who's to say that when he was taken away in that cop car, he wasn't just imagining everything from then on out? So two things that I want to say about that is there's so many theories out there that once he's in the Arkham Asylum scene, mm-hmm. that none of it actually happened. One of the one of the theories that makes sense and also doesn't make sense is that if you look at the type of clothing he's wearing, it kind of blends in with Arkham Asylum's colors and stuff like that, hmm. which is a really deep cut, but it makes sense. Sure. The other thing is, um, did that girl die? You know, when he was in her his apartment, there was ambulances after it. But like, did he actually kill her, or what do you guys think? I wouldn't have passed him. Her. Yeah, once he killed his mother, I think that everyone else was fair game, no matter how he felt about them. I mean, I gotcha. I honestly think that when he killed or when he killed the one coworker and left that short person, I feel like that was more for his amusement more than mercy. Honestly, right. I, I don't think that he was being forgiving at that point. I think it was honestly about his amusement. He knew that he probably couldn't reach that lock, and so that was probably funny to him. Yeah, that was definitely <laughs> still going to always be my favorite scene. I mean, um, it came out of left field. This movie was so, like, sad and depressing, and just to have that, like, out loud laugh moment in the theater. <laughs> yeah. You know, we all saw it together. There was this guy that couldn't get it together in the back way after that scene had finished. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's the funny thing. I didn't think it was a depressing movie, but. See, that that's crazy because, like, I was telling, I believe it was, I uh, told Quinn, um, but I was telling my girlfriend also today and her parents that, you know, for the first hour of the movie, I was on the edge of my seat like this is making me feel so uncomfortable but yeah. it's such a good movie you know you, you don't want to stop watching it but it just gave me the most unsettling uncomfortable feeling ever but then like the last hour was you know it was all violence and I started to feel a little bit better mm-hmm. um but that first hour I just felt so uncomfortable because of everything that he goes through like it's not your typical like hero arc like kid gets bullied in school stuff like that or anything like that like he just got repeatedly beaten down and just yeah, and I, just like yeah, slammed and picked on for 
no reason. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, like you were saying, in a normal, like, hero arc, you use, you know, the excuse of the beatdown to rise above the occasion where I felt like it just kept getting worse for Arthur. Right. Um, and it is. It's uncomfortable to watch anybody else's pain when they admittedly don't deserve it. Um. <laughs> it's crazy because a lot of people say, that, like, it's a one-time see. I mean, I was thinking that at first, after we left, but then after I let it sit for a little bit, I was like, it's definitely a must-buy movie. Like, I'm going to own that movie, and it's going to sit on my shelf. Yeah. Um, it was very inter- interesting today. Uh, Sonny and I were talking. Um, over dinner, we were talking about how, uh, you know, one of uh, one of Sonny's friends had taken his son to go see Joker, and it made me really think, like, Hmm, I wonder if I would say middle school age if they would appreciate if they would appreciate the movie because this is very different from what most people would think when you just hear the name Joker. Um, so I guess with with an understanding of what you're going into, I think would hurt or help your viewing experience. If someone was just like. Hey, you know that you know the character Joker, you know from Batman. Like, you want to watch a movie with me? And they just sit down, and that's what they saw. They they might be like, you know, a casual person would just probably be like, "What did I just watch? Like, that's not Joker." Um, but uh, it, at least with the the you know the kid in question, I think that uh, you know he he probably understands a little bit more about what he was getting into, considering his father is a uh, you know somebody who who appreciates that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, uh, you know, a, a lot of uh, pre-screenings that I was hearing about, it, it's crazy because half the theater was like that. It was half and half. Like, mm-hmm. half people were like, what the hell did I just watch, and why did I watch it? And the other half are like, this is such a good movie. Like, the acting, the story arc, everything's amazing. But that other, those other half of people, they're just like, why? Why was this movie made? Like, what, what, what did I just watch? Yeah, I think it's an interesting conversation. Um, you know, I I often question like like how was this movie pitched? Um, considering it was so different from all the other things that the DC Warner Brothers side of things was doing. Uh, you know, like uh, it, it's interesting to see how it came together on paper to make somebody you know somewhat somebody powerful somewhere go. Yes, let's get this movie done. But I'm glad it did. You know, um, I felt like this movie could have gone one of two ways. Either it completely flopped like The Kitchen did, which was another low-budget DC movie that a lot of people didn't even know, know existed. Or whether it was yeah, going to be... Missed, I missed that. Yeah, or uh, I heard it was pretty bad, too, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I had to see for myself. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, yeah so, so, you know, The Kitchen came into theaters and flopped hard. And then on the other side of that, another movie with maybe a slightly bigger budget, which was The Joker, uh, is now starting to do phenomenal. I think it's going to only have legs within the next week when um, people start you know, sharing that word of mouth. Um, I, right. I think that the movie will probably have one, one or two more big weeks in the box office um, until someone co- something comes in to really 
scoop up all that box office money. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm very happy that this this movie like was able to do it for me because I'll be the first person to say that like I really didn't know how to feel about this movie in trailers. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. I was not. Absolutely. I was really not a big fan. And I haven't really told anybody this because I wanted to see it for myself before I judged. But I really wasn't a big fan of uh, the look until I understood the world and the the time period and the landscape. And like now, I get why his clown makeup maybe look may look like that. I really didn't like the the blue around the eyes and stuff like that. I just thought it was just kind of weird. Um, but in the context of the movie. I can say that I really liked it. So I'm glad that I kept that thought to myself so that I can now go back and be like, oh, well, maybe I, you know, once you give the movie a shot, everything starts getting to look uh, better in perspective. Yeah. Uh, now, do you guys uh, think that his laughing was actually a condition or do you think he was just laughing in specific situations because he was trying to compensate for what was actually happening? Uh, I think it was a condition. Yeah, I think it, yeah, I think it was a condition. I mean, they explained in the movie it was a condition, but I understand what you, where your line of thinking is. Um, at, well, yeah, but then at the one part, like near the end, I can't remember like the exact part, but they were questioning, or he was questioning his mother and all that stuff. So he was questioning whether it was actually a condition or not. And the more I thought about it, the only times he really did do the laugh was in like uncomfortable situations. Like it wasn't just like he was walking down the street and laughing. It was on the bus where the lady told him to stop bugging his kid, her kid. And then like at the uh, comedy club, when he felt uncomfortable in front of all those people, you know, it wasn't just like a completely random thing. Um, I guess it's hard to tell. I mean, it's, it's what the movie is going to show you. And I think that it, yeah. sh- it it showed it in such a light that now you're questioning it. But I, I get where your line of thinking is coming from. But I do think it was probably conditioned. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, I, I get you. I mean, another scene. I mean, just kind of going along with your theory. Uh, another yeah. time was when he was being called into his boss's office um, about the. I think it was the gun when when he had the gun in the the hospital. Um, and, and remember like he went from like walking in straight face to like laughing hysterically to cutting off so short and then walking in, (laughs) you know, like, like, ah, stop. And they walked into the room and I was like, okay, well that sounded really controlled, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, you know, yeah, I I think it was his condition. Uh, and I forget the name of that condition is because they talked about that in an interview, uh, where that actually is a real thing, but it's like mm-hmm. insanely rare for a person to have it. Of course. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, what did you uh, What did you guys think about the ending? Um, personally, I did not see it coming. To be honest, like I knew things were going down after he killed his coworker mm-hmm. and all of that. But I just, I didn't see him, you know, <laughs> shooting Murray. I didn't see him admitting publicly that he killed those three people. I didn't see it coming at all. 
Oh, mm. well, I'm so glad that you said that. But uh, Sonny and I were totally on board. Sonny was nudging me hard in the side of my seat because that was uh-huh. an allusion to a very famous scene within The Dark Knight Returns where Joker, who had just come out of a catatonic state, goes onto a talk show after being like comatose for I forget how many years. Um, uh-huh. so, you know, they're all thinking he's re- rehabilitated and he murders the talk show host. And so as soon as he got invited onto the show, Sonny's sitting there nudging me with his elbow, like, here we go, it's going to be it. <laughs> and sure enough, that's what happened. So I think that because we knew what they were going to be paying homage to, um, I thought it was, it, it, I thought that it was, it was really well executed. <laughs> what do you think, Sonny? Oh, yeah, absolutely. What do you think? Hmm? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, the ending, I mean, the ending was cool. I mean, I I like the fact that um, he was talking to another therapist, and yeah. the therapist was like, <laughs> she, had, she had some something, and then he was like, yeah, blah blah, you wouldn't get the joke, and then fuck, he walks out the room. I mean, it was like super Joker esque, like how it how it happened, like he walked, you wouldn't get the joke, and then. He dances out the fucking room and it's like blood on his shoes and shit. And then <laughs> the guy chases him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was super joker. Like I was just like, I had a big I had a big smile on my face, no pun intended. But yeah. <laughs> it was so cool and shit. I was like, yeah, that's my joker. <laughs> yeah, where he was uh running back and forth. He ran to one side and then ran back to the other because they were trying to catch him and then ran back like one more time. I thought that was just hilarious. Yeah. Now, uh, what do you guys think about the whole dancing thing? Um, I thought it added just such a, honestly, just such a creepy essence to everything that he did. You know, the dancing after the murder, and then you know. Oh man, when he was dancing, dancing down the, he went on the yeah, when he was dancing uh, down the stairs, and then those cops had stopped him. When he got to yeah. the bottom, yeah, that was that uh, was the time that I was like, yeah, this is like so unsettling. Yeah, yeah, I thought I liked that part when he was dancing. The only part I didn't like, and to go back to what you were saying earlier, if you could take something out the movie, mm-hmm. is when oh. he first killed the guys on the subway station. And he went into the bathroom. If they'd have cut that down a little bit when he was doing the tai chi and shit, yeah, <laughs> you know the bathroom sequence that was, was kind of weird. That was a little long. If they'd have cut it down a little bit, I'd have been satisfied. Yeah, they definitely could have cut it down. Um, yeah, it definitely did go on a little bit too long. Yeah, but uh, but overall, I think this this movie was an experiment, an experiment for uh, Warner Brothers. Now they see that it works. I hope that they don't try to replicate it for money's sake. I hope they just find another filmmaker that wants to do something experimental like this again. And just let that filmmaker have it, you know, have it, have his or her way um, to do some cool storytelling. I, you know, not everything has to be, uh, yeah. you know, uh, sky beams and, um, you know, and, and mindless aliens. Um, it can just be uh, just be a, a character study. And I think that's what make this, makes this particular uh, Joker film really work, really work and really pop. Right. And I think that 
DC needs to just keep doing one shots. Clearly, they tried what Marvel did. It did not work out. DC, it doesn't work for you. It's okay. Just do one shots. It's fine. Uh, they are and they aren't. I feel like some of them are and some of them aren't. Like, like Shazam definitely tied into Batman versus Superman. Uh, this new, don't even ask me to pronounce the whole title, uh, the Birds of Prey movie looks like it oh, is piggybacking I... off of um, piggybacking off of Suicide Squad. Thank you, Sonny. Um, but then, like Wonder Woman, kind of stood on his, on her own two feet. Uh, Aquaman kind of did too. Kind of. It had that one little scene to tie it to Justice League, but even if you cut that scene out, the film stood on its own. Um, so they are and they aren't. I don't know. It's kind of weird. You know, this new Suicide Squad movie is supposedly not a sequel to Suicide Squad. I mean, like they need to do one shots and not tie them in together because, you know, with like Shazam tying into, you know, Batman versus Superman and all that, mm-hmm. it's tying into a movie that the majority of people you know, they didn't like it. And, you know, you know, in my opinion, I love seeing it on screen, but it was not a great movie. Um, you know, so yeah. they're tying, they're tying these good movies like Shazam and, you know, Aquaman standing alone into these other movies that were just not good. They need to stop doing that. They need to let this trilogy or saga or whatever, they need to let it go and just keep with the one shots. Yeah, I can agree with that. It's cool. But you know what? Is that it's not that they can't ever go back to doing, let's say, a try again on Justice League later down the road, but like let those one shots speak for themselves. Because, like, I mean, think of Marvel Phase yeah. One. It was a bunch of one shots with like a thread to a possible future movie. But other than that, they were all standalone. It wasn't like they were definitely pushing like oh the avengers 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 i mean we all knew it was coming but it wasn't like every movie was like cramming it down your throat it would be like a little you know after credit scene or, or some kind of like easter egg like uh in iron man 2 you saw like cap shield and then cap you saw you know this and that you know um so like dc needs to focus like you said on their one shots so that maybe one day it wouldn't feel so crammed to maybe do something like a Justice League or even just a team-up movie between two characters. Uh, it doesn't yeah. feel so forced where we're meeting a bunch of the Justice League for the very first time in the Justice League film. God. Flash, I swear. They were just like, hey, that guy looks nothing like Barry Allen. He's perfect. Let's pick him. And let's <laughs> make sure he looks as autistic as possible, or acts as autistically as possible. Watch it! <laughs> Hey, I'm serious. Did he not act like he was on the spectrum? Oh, yeah, I mean... I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's not Barry Allen. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to do something different with it. Well, that's great, but that's our first time meeting the Flash. So you haven't had us buy into that yet. So it just felt weird and clunky and not what we were expecting when we just watched Flash episode three season whatever right before coming to Justice League. Well, that can, right. go to, that, can go, that can go the same way for Suicide Squad. It was on a, 
that was on Arrow and shit. They fucking pretty much got rid of all the characters from Arrow just because they want people to feel like they stupid and shit when they're yeah. not. But really, and let's talk yeah. about Cyborg. Cyborg was the worst. <laughs> Oh, you you say you you keep saying that, but you haven't read anything from like Teen Titans to know that's how he was. Yeah, but I sure have read he, Cyborg in Justice League, and he didn't act anything like that. Right, because they just not where they got that from. They took they took elements from his Teen Titans. He set up in his apartment, sad, angry, because he just got turned into a fucking robot because he didn't want to be a robot. I mean. That's 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 essentially what that was from. See, and that that leads back to what you were saying earlier, Quinn. Like they threw these other characters into the movie that they didn't build an arc for. So you know, if they had done sad, lonely cyborg, a standalone movie, mm-hmm. then and then threw him into the Justice League, then yeah, we we right. would understand, we would get it, and it would make more sense. Yeah, they did it. Sure. They did it just for like comic fans and shit. Because yeah. Man, it was just it was just fan service. Like Quinn, he didn't re- he didn't read Teen Titans, so he didn't know he doesn't know his origins. He doesn't know where Victor came from and what he did. He only knows Victor from Justice League, and right that was essentially rushed too. Mm, no, because they had a whole story arc based off of Justice League's coming. Or sorry, uh, Cyborg coming into the Justice League because in that particular, we're talking New Fifty Two here. Cyborg was created. And then, like, being helped by the Justice League members to, like, figure out his new, like, his new body and how that all worked, stuff like that. So that wasn't, like, him going from Teen Titans and graduating to the Justice League. So I'm thinking that because they have Jeff Johns as creative director on the Justice League movie, that they're probably taking from his run. And he wasn't, wasn't, like, stone cold and solace and sad. He was a happy-go-lucky kid that had to go and um, just kind of, kind of go on with his life in this new body and try to figure it out as he goes. You know, um, he he didn't have this like anger within him and had you know you have having to co- have conversations with one woman on the side you know on the street or something to be like oh well you know I'm sad and I'm lonely and she's got to be like but you're part of the team. I don't know. Like, like you guys were saying, like we needed more time with a lot of those characters. The only people yeah. we really got a bunch of time with was Batman and Superman, and even not so much Batman. And I, I don't know. They, you know, um, I think that they would have spent more time on those characters because after Justice League came out was not the time. And if you guys remember, there was supposed to be a cyborg movie to spin out of Justice League. And there was supposed to be a Flash movie, but what irritated me about the Flash movies, although I was excited that it was going to be taking place during Flashpoint, that's maybe not the movie we needed to explain how this character works within this new DC universe. You know, I don't need to see an alternate timeline when we don't even know what Flash is about yet. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I mean, uh, coming, coming full circle back to uh, our original topic, Classic Comics Collective here. Um, (laughs) Would you guys like to see a a Batman come out of this Joker that they've made? Well, I was telling Quinn when we we left the theater, the movie took place in 1981. Mm -hmm. 
Um, because you know the, the the movies on the marquee, those movies came out in eighty one. I was telling, I was telling, I was telling, was saying that uh, if it, if it did come out, Robert Pattinson would be about the same. He would be about the right age to be uh, Bruce Wayne in modern times. So yeah, right. it'd be cool. It'd be cool if it did that, but you know, we'll see. Well, the the only acceptable answer to your question, Nick, is they already did. <laughs> According to uh, one of the internet's uh, flurry of uh, fan theories, is that the oh. person that had shot um, Martha and Thomas Wayne was in fact Jack Napier. <laughs> really, Jesus! <laughs> I think it's just a, a fun little uh, rumor, but how funny would it be that there would be somebody that acted just like? Arthur did as like an inspiration <laughs> and then Jack yeah. eventually becomes the Joker <laughs> right Jesus well in that case that guy was still older too though when he was talking so. yeah. uh, that goes back to your statement about being older than Bruce when he gets older yeah <laughs> but uh, no I, I think this uh, this this movie kind of stands on its own two legs I don't even want to see a sequel to be honest with you um, I, I think this movie said what it wanted to say, and I really love it for that. And I don't want it to be tainted by sequelitis. See, I mean, same here, but at the same time, like if they take a Batman in the same direction that they took the Joker and made it realistic, related it to real issues, and then also made it as dark as that one was, and we would get the Batman that we really want you know we would get the the, the dark knights batman stuff like that Mm -hmm. i think that would be good um i just add my version of batman i just want i want a uh, bit of i want i want uh christian bale's bruce wayne yes i want ben affleck's fighting style Mm -hmm. absolutely um um, i want i want his brooding too i want his anger Right, yeah, so. Um, I I want Keaton's Batman though. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I love. Don't get me wrong. I love Michael Keaton. I love his Batman. I I think um, a lot of people talk about his Batman, saying like he's the best one. I don't. Mm. He's not the best one because we've had we've had other ones that done no, more I stuff. Don't, I don't think like he's his, the best one. His suit alone was like he got to turn his head to fight. And, he really didn't. He fought. Don't get me wrong. He did fight because in '89, when he fought the guy in the alley, I thought that shit was awesome. He fought the martial arts dude, mm-hmm. but he had to stay in one position to fight the guy the whole movie and shit. Like you know, yeah. But I want a fluid. I want a fluid Batman. I don't mean I, personally. He don't even have to have like an armored suit. His first suit could just be like, you know, the um, Batman Year One, just like a some type of. I mean, like light armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I want him to just, you know, move about and shit. He can do shit in the suit. Well, you know what would be a good uh, story to adapt to be um, uh-huh. kind of in that same kind of world? Um, I think the Batman Earth One book by Jeff Johns did a really good job at, at incorporating um, like a like a first year Batman um, where he has he has gadgets but he's just so dang inexperienced with them i remember like him you trying to use the grappling gun for the very first time and accidentally yes. swinging into the um what was it, like a gala or something 
and just like completely landing on his ass and it's like i I want that kind of batman give him not a super villain to fight i mean he fought like somebody named the birthday boy which i think was just created for that story but like just give him some someone low level and just have him struggle through it in the movie because i mean you gotta think even the 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 most common of criminal i guess is kind of hard to track down and stuff for the average joe so for him to kind of have to figure it all out as he goes to kind of barely make it through would be a really interesting way of seeing batman because we always see him when he's in his prime when he's already there you know what i mean or you know in in like batman begins for example like he was already like even though he's learning like he was gifted and everything like there was no struggle um, well, they they use his knowledge, his his intellect is what right. made him be excel to be the best at what right. he was. So I, I so I you essentially just saying a year one story then. Yeah, yeah, I would like to see that, or he, or I'd like to see uh, a detective Batman. Um, for right. yeah, so yeah, I mean, I don't mind if there's one in there in his prime, but I don't want Batman to be meeting brute force every time. You know what I mean? Give us Court of Owls, please. Court of the Owls. I think the Riddler could work really well with a good screenplay um, with a detective Batman because he's not going to be his physical equal, but he'll be his intellectual one. I think that would be really cool. Mm -hmm. Or even just like, uh, I mean, I I don't know if you consider it too early, but you can give him another full Two-Face villain movie. Not like one of him becoming Two-Face, but like him going against Two Face and eluding him at every turn. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, there's there, there's so many good stories they can do. Uh, I'm excited for the next iteration of Batman. Um, you know, I, I love my boy Jim uh, Jim Starlin. Uh, he did a lot for Batman um, and stuff like that. But uh, you know, I, I think that. Um, we need, uh, gosh, who was that that did like a really great detective Batman? I can't remember his um, name in the 80s. Why can I not think of his name right now? I don't know. But we need a good, um, we, we need a really good detective Batman that can also fight crime. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to see brute force Batman anymore. I don't know if I want to see a dark, necessarily a Dark Knight Returns take on Batman for this next next iteration either uh, i think we've gotten a lot of that inspiration movie after movie after movie but there are so many good stories that don't include the joker that we can explore yeah i mean i think and now this may be an unpopular opinion but i think that christian bale kind of did a good mixture i agree mm-hmm. I think he relied really heavily on gadgets and Alfred fed him information. But yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, I would mostly look at him as that brute force Batman. I mean, love Christian Bale Batman. The only thing I'll never get over that everyone makes fun of is the way that he talked when he was in the Batman suit. I know. Yeah, but- if he did, if- they they got it right in Justice League and shit when he had like the voice the voice changer. Yeah, I, yeah. And that's what I was I was literally about to say that I think he uh, I think they learned from their mistake and without that mistake they might have not learned from it. So hey, yeah, <laughs> shit. Even Arrow Arrow uses a fucking voice changer. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just something you put on your throat and do that voice modulator. 
but it's something that you don't have to think so, about when you're writing the comic is like you know i i think before the movies everyone just assumed he probably put on a different voice but it's not something you have to address within comic books right yeah yeah i mean it, it goes the same way with the clark kent thing and the superman thing like clark kent when he's fucking when he's being when he's clark kent he's he hunched over a little bit right he's he's a little more meeker but when he's superman he's like stands tall he speaks loud and people listen mm-hmm. same thing with bruce when bruce wayne's is he's a he's a fucking asshole He's a you know he's he's a party boy, so he, and, and and Christian Bale fucking killed that part. Um, oh yeah, like he killed the shit out of that with the fucking whole uh, with the glass and he's like champagne, but it's not champagne. It's fucking ginger ale. Right. Like that's you know that he killed that. That was dope. And then you know when you do the Batman, you're supposed to be like, <laughs> like you know, because you're supposed to make people fear you and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Where is she? <laughs> Yeah, at least we can understand his his growls. Where unfortunately, um, Tom Hardy as Bane that was not his fault. But whoever designed his costume made yeah. his mouth so restrictive that it was hard to hear. <laughs> um, That's my my biggest gripe oh, about that. <laughs> yeah, he sounded he sounded like he was always speaking in an upwards inflection. But in such a strange way that his mask was covering his mouth that you couldn't really tell what he's saying other than whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just like, oh what? Well, right. I felt like that was supposed to be intimidating, but I'm not sure what you just said there. <laughs> some some scenes were better than others, but I think we have to agree that that was yet another botched attempt at Bane's costume. Well, no, 100%. It, 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 I think his mask wasn't a pro. I didn't like his mask. His actual gear that he wore on his body was appropriate. Because, um, you know, he doesn't have to be walking around. He looked like a, a Mexican luchador. Sure, but... I mean, it was, it, it was so popular that it carried over into the comic books for a while. But here's my thing is that when you're in movie making, voiceovers are definitely a thing. So why couldn't he have, like pull the Darth Vader where he's in the, you know, he's in the costume, he speaks how he normally speaks, and then you have him voice over to actually, you know, be clear with what he's speaking with. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, yeah. he was still, Tom Hardy's white. He's supposed to have been uh, uh, of, uh, of Hispanic descent, if I'm sure. saying it correctly. Sure, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. So it's like you know, I mean, it was what it was. They put that mask on him and thought it'd be cool, and he had that weird accent. There, there was no accent, but yeah. you know, other than that, he was intimidating. So that's all that matters. Intimidating, right? Yeah, like with that whole scene when he was whooping Bruce ass, I was like, oh shit! Like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's his 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 inflection. That's the only, yeah you that. His inflection wasn't great. I didn't like no. that. Everything else he did was was cool. I mean, the end of the movie, obviously. He's like, oh, she doesn't love me. Oh, okay. like <laughs> just it was just way it was so stupid. I didn't get that. I was like, Ugh. Right. didn't need that. Did not need that. Did he? Gosh, did he kill Bane? I can't even remember. It's been so long. 
Did he die? I really don't know because it's not a that's not a movie I go back to and watch. Right, yeah. Yeah. The only one I go back and watch is Dark Knight and shit. That's, uh, that's it. I, you know, I, I do I do like Batman Begins. Um I feel like if I could watch those two and then not watch the third one, I'm still happy with it. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, you can watch the first part though, like the first half of the movie. Not the part where he like he's all in fucking whatever the place he was at in that prison. But before all that shit, like you can watch the beginning all the way to the part where Commissioner Gordon gets captured and then they, they're fighting. After after that, you just turn the movie off. So oh, man. So speaking to whoever's listening here now, um, if you guys would go right, right. go when you're finished, um, go watch the uh, pitch meetings on YouTube for The Dark Knight Rises. It is so funny about like like you know, there's so many plot holes in that movie, but the absolute biggest one is that why did Commissioner Gordon lead the entirety of the GCPD police force into the tunnels to get um to get Bane? I will never understand. <laughs> yes, so. That was a big plot device to drive the movie forward without police interference. Right. I understand, but boy, why in the world would that ever happen? <laughs> Yeah, you just you, that's something you just don't do because you need somebody to protect the people. You just take the SWAT team. That's what the SWAT team's for, right? You don't right. you don't take like you know, uh, you know you don't take your entirety of your police force and put them into one location, no matter where it is, above ground or below ground. You just right. don't do that. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, boy, we took a left turn here, uh, as we always do here at Commerce Collective. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think uh, I think I'm good on my thoughts on Joker. Do you guys have any uh, final thoughts? Anything you'd like to mention about the movie? Um, I just want to say, like, don't listen to. I say this every week. Don't listen to critics. If you want, if you if you feel like you want to see this movie, go Preach. see the movie. You know what I mean. Don't let people influence your thoughts on anything. If the, if you like the movie, you like it. Don't let fucking Rotten Tomatoes, the worst fucking website on the planet. One of the worst websites on the planet where these fake reviewers get on there and just put their little evil seeds and they put it in the shit grows. And people are like, oh, I don't want to go see it. But, you know, go see the movie. It's a, it's a good movie. If you like slow burns, you'll love it. If you don't, you know what I'm saying, you have to sit and then wait for the ending and you'll see surprises. It's, it's going to be awesome. Even if you don't like comic books, go see the movie. It's a very good movie. Todd Phillips is very... (laughs) Go see the movie again. Because if you've made it all the way through our spoiler talk, then you either ruined it for yourself or or you've already seen it. In that case, go see it again. Go tell your friends. Right. Todd Todd Phillips, he surprised me as a director because everything that I've seen from him was comedy. And he did this movie and it was serious. And, and it was very serious. It was a, it was a it was a love letter to movies that he loves, you know, um, and that you know homage or whatever you want to say to it. And it was a very good movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I only now wish this movie going forward the best of luck uh, when it comes to uh, award season. Uh, I truly believe that it should be in contention for something. Um, I'm not sure what that should be yet. I don't know if it deserves best picture of the year. However, I do feel that this movie needs some kind of recognition. So I wish this movie the best of luck in that category. 
we we yeah. can post it right next to a Academy Award winning Suicide Squad. Yeah, stop it! You know what? You're fired. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I, this, this is a sad day to report that Nick's last uh, Comics Collective episode is today. <laughs> 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 but in all seriousness, yes, um, I I, I want to be able to see this movie succeed, um, and I would love to see some recognition for Joaquin Phoenix. Um, more so than already and, yeah. and Todd Phillips, yes. Yeah, because he's 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 done some bangers. Like he did Road Trip, Old School, Starsky and Hutch, mm-hmm. School for Scoundrels. He wrote Borat. Um, he did the Hangover. He did all three Hangovers. He did Due Date, which was a good movie. He did War Dogs, which I missed, and I'm surprised I missed in 2016. And he had Jonah Hill, and I forgot who the other kid was that was in the movie with him. Jonah Hill and um, what's the guy's name? Teller, Miles Teller. Jesus Christ, Miles Teller is so fucking awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Miles Teller, like, yeah, he just, you know, he, he did a bunch of movies that they were fucking good, and he did this movie. And oh my god, I, I just sky's the limit for him after this movie. Sky's the fucking limit. Yep, and R.I.P. Um, uh, what is his name? Uh, Robert De Niro. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, lived a great life as a talk show host. <laughs> yeah, well, he just he just getting his uh his come up and says the guy from his movie that he did um the world's greatest what's it called the King of Comedy King of Comedy yep yeah so yep. which is which is another good movie that you should see even though uh, right now the the geek community is, is very angry at Moscow says it but <laughs> yeah but uh. You know, be your own judge, as we always say, and go see whatever movie you would like. You are always entitled to your own opinion. Yeah, everything but Black Christmas. Fuck that shit. You know what? All right, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't say anything for Sunny, but Nick and I will be doing a review on Black Christmas when that comes out. Just like, Absolutely. just like we're going to be talking about El Camino when that comes out. Oh, yeah. So just watch I will not be on that episode. Well, guess just what? Just like last week, you guys might. I will be on that episode. You guys might be <laughs> in a yeah. You guys might see a uh, a double dose of us in the next week. Uh, we have Friday. El Camino is coming out, and I am very excited about that. Yes. Yeah. Well, I found out that the movie takes place directly after that episode. Oh, I am. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well. See, Sonny, now we know that you did not watch our last episode because we also discussed that in the trailer, the very first thing we see is him knocking on his buddy's door, so that's where he drove to. <laughs> right, 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 right. But, I mean, yeah, that's all that too. And I was just like, oh, okay. At some point, I'm gonna, at some point, I'm going to go back and watch Breaking Bad. Yep. Then I can have a conversation with you guys about it. I mean, I did watch, the, I, I, after thinking about it, I, I did watch the first season. I just didn't get to the second season. Shame on anyway. you and your family. <laughs> nah, I just had other things to watch that were more important than Breaking Bad. <laughs> Jesus. All right, guys. Well, um, I think we should uh, cut it there. Uh, we're definitely going far away from our original topic here. Uh, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. 
Uh, did you guys have any, uh, again, one more final thought, Sonny? I know you're about to say something. What were you about to say, bud? No, I wasn't going to say nothing. I'm good. Just go see the movie. Fuck what, you know, critics think and just, you know, do you. Uh, yeah. So yeah. what I want everyone to do is on Facebook and on Twitter, share this episode with hashtag Sonny is wrong. And I hope you have a great night. <laughs> All right, guys. Peace out. Peace. Bye-bye.